0: on today's edition of the show it's a new day which means it's a new game for the Florida Panthers coming up we'll talk about more of the fallout of game one what Paul Maurice and Radko Goudis had to say after practice today and we're going to discuss some of the scores from the day one of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs
1: Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And welcome into this Wednesday, April 19th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez. You can follow me on Twitter at MonoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And also follow the Instagram page as well at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And if you are an everydayer, comes to this podcast and loves hearing what we have to say here on Locked On Panthers, make sure to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube. So, Cats fans, it's game day. The Florida Panthers have an opportunity to tie this series at one apiece. The mission, as, as always, when you're the team to not have a home ice advantage is, of course, to try to get to at least split the first two games before you return back to your barn uh, uh, down in Sunrise, Florida. But it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So let me bring in my guest, Jacob Winans here. Jacob, welcome back for a playoff edition of Locked On Panthers.
1: It is awesome to be here. Um, There were definitely a lot of times this season I didn't think we'd be recording any playoff Uh, episodes together so i'm i'm super excited for this one even though we're down one zero there's much worse places to be so
0: yeah down down one nothing in a game that I, i actually found this out 15 minutes before we got on and recorded that was that was a game where the florida panthers and the boston bruins had it was the most watched stanley cup playoff game ever on cable television uh, where ESPN PR said that they were they had it at 1.3 million uh for for their broadcast on on ESPN of course a lot has to do with big market team in the Boston Bruins best regular season of all time and of course it's it's still year 2 of this new TV deal that the NHL has so it's definitely it's definitely had had an impact on on viewership for for and access to NHL games and of course it's helping with What's going on with the regular season with the ESPN Plus package? I mean, for very low price, you get to watch a lot of your out of market games. So it's it's a it's a it's a plus, no pun intended. At least for us in the in the US, that that you get to watch your your out of market teams, even though there's still issues with like blackouts and all that stuff. Uh, that that's uh that's something that we cannot deny. That's for uh, for sure. But Jacob, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Game One. Uh, the Panthers, of course, dominated the possession, had the more five on five time pin the, pin the Bruins in their own zone, but still un, unable to get in, in, in the dirty areas to, to overwhelm a line of I want to, I want you to give your thoughts on what, what happened in game one.
1: Yeah. I think the Bruins are just, it, you really saw their experience. Um, that's a team that's been there and, and done a lot in, in playoff hockey uh, they came out and they were really great at weathering the storm because the Panthers really did dominate the first, the first half of that game uh, without, a, without question. Um, the Bruins were really opportunistic. Uh, you get a power play goal. They get a, a lucky one on, for Brad Marchand. And then another lucky one. If you, if you think about the, the third goal, that the one that somehow just sits on Alex Lyon's pad, that'll probably never happen again. <laughs> it, it's a one in a hundred play. And unfortunately we got hit with the one, um, which it happens, but, I think the Panthers really played the right way. They didn't look out of place. Uh, first half of that game, they controlled the pace. They were in control of possession time. They were forechecking hard. They matched the physicality. So it's there for the Panthers. They, they're capable of contending in this series. They can compete and they can win this series. Uh, what really made the difference, again, uh, a couple of things that have been the the story all season. It's special teams. We lost a special teams battle, giving up a power play goal and then not matching with one of our own. And then it's it, it's just not being able to capitalize on chances. We The, the, the Panthers outshot the Bruins for the majority of that game. Uh, there, there really wasn't a time where we were getting outshot for long stretches. The Panthers uh, had full control, uh, had a lot more shots on goal. But again, like you said, they weren't getting to the dirty areas. There wasn't a lot of traffic. There weren't a lot of rebounds. Um, a guy like Linus Olmark, he had a, a career year this season. He's a front runner for the Beznau. Um, you have to get traffic, you have to make it difficult for them. And the Panthers didn't really do enough of that. Um, so it's, it goes back to, to being able to capitalize on the chances. The Panthers are going to get chances. They're one of the best offenses in hockey, even when they struggled this year. They didn't struggle to score goals. Um, the, the chances will come. They just have to be able to capitalize because in the playoffs, they don't come quite as often. And we've seen that uh, the, the, the transition play is just not there uh, it, it's, it's almost impossible in the playoffs to get a whole lot of rush chances. So they're going to have to capitalize, get some, some greasy ones, uh, get to the dirty areas. And, uh, we're going to need a little bit more of a shoot first mentality from the captain. It, it starts from the top and, uh, they're going to have to, they're going to have to really pepper Olmark Mark with shots and, and, and getting his, getting his area, getting his, his personal bubble a little bit and, and make it difficult for him. But, I was more encouraged than discouraged with Game One. I want to make that very clear. Uh, the, the Panthers are not out of place. This is a team that can can compete, and they can win this series. Uh, they just there's just a couple minor tweaks they have to do to match uh, what Boston is is uh, experienced enough to know how to do when it comes to postseason hockey.
0: No doubt. And uh, Paul Murray spoke about how he liked the first uh, 36 minutes. He talked about how the Florida Panthers played an intelligent game, and then. Uh, Boston was uh, neutralized the Florida Panthers speed in the third. And then that's when we saw the uh, script flip, like I, the three, four minute mark basically was when the Boston Bruins really started to, to, um, to possess it uh, more and keep it away uh, from, from the Panthers. And Paul Marines was also asked, how do you get to Walmart um, to Ulmark?" And uh, he's like that he spoke about how they have the guys on the net, but not in, in, in front of the goal. So we can hopefully we can expect a few uh, adjustments uh, there for for the cats. Then they he also spoke about the Boston Bruins' size and weight, which I looked up uh, on Elite Prospects. Uh, the average um, weight for the Boston Bruins is 200 pounds, which is 13th in, uh, most in in the NHL. So so the positioning he was talking about how the positioning around it has to improve. Of course, um, one of the best top fours in the in the. In, in the league, in the NHL, and also he, um, Paul Maurice was asked by Kobe Guy of Florida Hockey Now about what can Barkoff do to improve, and spoke about how we shouldn't expect Barkov to take it all the way two hundred feet up the ice, and that is, uh, and 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 talking about driving pucks to the net differently. And the way I process what Paul Maurice said is the ability for Alexander Barkoff to use more of his. East-West movement to get to get especially through the neutral zone to to uh, to get down da- to get down low and of course easier said than done but Barkov, that's that's a part of his game that he he's definitely definitely got to got to use more and then, of course Paul Maurice also compared what Barkov needs to do playing like another player and someone who had a big night on Monday night and it wasn't anyone on the Panthers it was on the Los Angeles Kings and Anze Kopitar. Playing more like him, of course, Stanley Cup champion, uh, Selkie Trophy winner as well, and and Palmery spoke about looking at that and 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 trying to replicate that part of his game. Uh, what 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 do you think about what Palmery's had to say there?
1: Yeah, I mean, since Barkov's been in the league, Andre Kopitar is the guy that that is he's most often compared to, and it is a great comparison. Uh, both really big-bodied left-hand centers. They they play 200 feet, um, top three. Elite defensive forwards and their, their offensive skill it can be underrated at times, but they're among the best in the game at it. Uh, Kopitar has been in the NHL forever. Uh, he's won uh, everything there is to win in the NHL. Uh, he's he's a Stanley Cup champion, multiple times Stanley Cup champion. He's He's been there and he's done that. And he's matched up against Connor McDavid, uh, which is not an easy draw at all. Uh, he was held and, pointless
0: yesterday. McDavid.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and Kopitar ended it with, uh, if I'm not mistaken, three assists, uh, three points, and and held McDavid scoreless. The way you do that, Kopitar knows he's not Connor McDavid. He doesn't have McDavid's speed or his skill. Uh, or really, McDavid's the best player on, on the planet and arguably, arguably the best player to ever put on skates. Kopitar is not that and he knows that but his positioning is so sound and he's he's so good at at doing the little things and like you said the east west movement uh no one in the playoffs is going to let you go coast to coast or come right up the middle get straight to the net you're going to have to be creative and Barkov is a very creative player uh it just seems like he he holds back a little in the playoffs It, it doesn't seem to me like it's a a fear of physicality or anything like that it's just it's almost like he's he's so focused on not making a mistake. And sometimes you just have to, you just have to free flow and play the game the way you know how to play. Uh, He he can't, he can't get to the playoffs and lose his creative flair because that's what makes him such a good player. Uh, And and it's the, like you said, the East West movement, Uh, getting to the, getting to the middle of the ice instead of coming up, uh, coming up, through the neutral zone up the middle, it, get get in on a wing and then work your way back to the middle. Or mm-hmm. uh, some of the some of the crossing actions where he'll drop it to Verhage or Duclair uh, before entering the zone, and then and then exchange when they get back in the zone. Uh, almost like it, anyone who's familiar with basketball, a three man weave uh, that's worked so well for them at, at times. That that top line. There's so many ways that they can they can get more creative about entering the zone, and it'll open things up for Barkov and allow those shooting lanes. Um, but at the same time, if the shots aren't there, if the if the transition play is not there, sometimes you just have to outwork somebody. You have to get to the front of the net. Barkov's hand-eye is better than just about anyone in the league if he'll get himself in a position where he can tip a puck from in front of the net. Uh, it, and he's big enough and strong enough to do it. There are not many guys in the NHL who can move Barkov when he's on a mission. Uh, and I think he just needs to assert himself a little bit more because he, like you said, Boston is a big and heavy team, but Barkov is arguably the the strongest guy on the ice. Anytime he's out there, he can muscle his way to the front of the net and get his stick on a puck coming in. Uh, his, his deflection game is, is among the best in the sport. So there's a lot of ways Barkov can, can get his, get his game going here, but it really comes down to how is he going to assert himself? He, he can't shy away from it. Uh, guys are going to have to be willing to to take those hacks and whacks and the cross checks. And, uh, and you know, a lot of times you draw a penalty doing that, but they're going to have to be, be, ready and willing uh to get to those areas and, and and take that punishment if they if they truly want to win the series. That that's really what it comes down to. And it starts with Barkov. He's gotta assert himself. It, it, it all comes back to how he's willing to to assert himself and, and put his, his handprint on this series. He can dominate it's just how bad does he want to?
0: Yeah, no doubt. And uh with uh with that top line of Barkov Verhege Duclair that was a that was a line that had a Shot on goal differential of plus two. The second line of Etu Lundell and Chucky was plus three, while Lombie, Stahl and Rhino were plus three as well. So those were the two lines that were doing the most work for the Panthers. And even when Kachuk was up on that top line, they were outshot. Uh, their shot on goal differential was minus two there. So just uh, definitely something that Barkov uh, needs to do as far as generating, as far as uh, as far as using his speed the bet the best that he can, especially. Um, especially in, in that neutral zone as well. But we're going to transition over to segment number two. We're going to discuss more about what what was said with, with Paul Maurice and, and Radko Gudis, and we're also going to talk about how long is Alex Lyons' leash, regardless of whether it's his fault or not in, in game two. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first – we're gonna tell you all about Game Time. And buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Don't forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive fresh deals on tickets for football, basketball, hockey, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, Two taps and you're set. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code HL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code HL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Segment number two here on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Jacob Winans here for another edition of Wine's Wednesday. And Ragugo spoke to the media on 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 Tuesday and spoke about how Alex Lyon really came up with saves on goals that should have gone in and it's crazy crazy how hockey works sometimes. We talk about the fluky goals, the Brad the one on Mar, the one Marchand scored. And and the and the third one, which is funny enough, I watched the ballet Sports feed for for game 1 and it felt I did. It felt that the broadcast didn't know that it was on Alex Lyons' uh pad until five minutes after. It, even going into that intermission, the, the, the they didn't really talk about on the replay how it was on Alex Lyons' pad. I didn't know until uh un- until we re- re- refreshed per- Twitter and the ESPN feed shows it. So it was the ESPN feed that also caught it. Also, ESPN showed the part where Tyler Bertuzzi took Nick Cousins' stick uh when when they collided and went to the bench something we didn't see on the bally feed uh on 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 monday night as well so gouda spoke about the the saves that should have that that should have gone in but um lyon was there but also paul maurice was spoke spoke about when asked by greg washinsky of espn about starting goaltender and maurice says way too early for that and i get it it's a fluid situation with the goaltending and Alex's line. What is he is your third goaltender, but on this, on, on this run that helped the Florida Panthers get here, but still talking about how he had a, a plus performance. Why not? Why not just say that he's your goaltender? I, I, I just don't quite understand.
1: Yeah, for me, I think it, I think it really comes down to a word you like to use a lot and it's, it's gamesmanship. Um, I think obviously Bob is still the guy, uh, and and when we get to the offseason, it, it, it'll be interesting to hear the conversations around that because it, it's uh, at the end of the day, it comes down to the last two of the last three postseasons. Bob has not been uh, the the go to starter or has or has lost that role, but uh, nevertheless, Bob is is he's still the number one goalie on this team. It's just you're riding the hot hand, and Alex Lyon deserves to to get a playoff start because they're not in the playoffs without Alex Lyon. I think you you don't. I think the the strategy of not publicly naming him starter right now is you keep Boston guessing as long as you possibly can. Um, you don't want to give them uh, a a goalie to game plan for on a practice day. Uh, if I had to guess, that's why he's doing it. I think we all expect Alex Lyon to be the guy uh, for the next game. I definitely don't know that I would call his performance an A plus. Um, I think an A plus is reserved for for perfection, and there were. There was a, at least one goal in that game that, that drops his grade from an A-plus to, to solid B. But it, again, it, it happens. Um, every goalie at some point is going to give up one they, that they'd like to have back, and it'll come back around. Olmark will definitely give up a, a softie at some point in this series. It, it's, it's the nature of the position. Um, I don't think Alex Lyon played badly enough where he should lose the net. I think he made some huge saves to keep the Panthers in it. Uh, but I think if we're talking about how long or short his leash is, I think it's, it's one game short. Um, I think if, if the Panthers lose, regardless of how Alex Lyon plays, if they go down two games to none, uh, Bob will be in, in net uh, coming back home. And, and whether that's Alex Lyon's fault or not, it'll be a, we're going to make a change because we have to shake something up. We have to get something, we have to generate something, change something. Um, so yeah, it, for Alex Lyon, this next game is huge. Probably the biggest game of his career. It's uh, his, his, his status as the starting goalie for this playoff run really rides on this next game for me. Mm-hmm. I think, I think if, if he puts a team on his back or does just enough to get them a W, I think he's going to continue. But uh, I think, I think this is a, this is a do or die moment for him. If, if, if they lose uh, his fault or not, I think the net's back to Bob and we and we hope he can steal a game.
0: Yeah. And, and, and like I said, at the top of the show, you, the, the mission is to get one. You already don't have home ice advantage and, the the way the the way i mean the way the panthers played off the cycle in their in their own zone i i i wasn't i wasn't too uh, uh, i wasn't too um annoyed of it was really what happened in the neutral zone that caused the the odd man rushes for 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 the for the panthers uh, uh, as well and and that's really and that that's really what the overall issue was was for the most part in game one and it's just unfortunate that that I, I that he might be the fall guy fault or not but at the same time it, it it sends a message to the players telling them that they need to lock it down um it in in the slot area uh, below the hashes as as well and 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 just say it we're, we're gonna that that they're gonna protect their goaltender and of course you got you, of course it also goes down to helping them out on the other side i mean paul Maurice was asked about shot volume and what and his thoughts on are, are is a, and he said that if you're relying on shot volume that it, it can be a, it can be a very dangerous thing to rely on because it, it and the way i process is that is getting too comfortable with just saying just because you have a certain amount of shots just and I know we use the whole term throw something on the net and and just hope it goes in. But I, I I don't know. I don't know if if I can feel that that same level of confidence if it's gonna continue any way that it did from game one.
1: Yeah, and I love that you I love that you mentioned the cycle game off the top here because regardless of who's in net, whether you go with Alex Lyon or or Sergei Babrowski for the rest of the series and i really do i really really do feel like we're going to see bob uh at some point in this series or if we're lucky enough to advance Bobrovsky gets paid 10 million dollars to be the guy to, to play these games so i'm i'm not at all uh discrediting Bobrovsky or saying that the goalie is is the position of fault here whether it's lion or bob right i think what you said about the cycle is exactly what we need to hone in on uh in game two because it got to a point where the cycle was working, but it was almost working too well where they just continuously cycled the puck. And at some point you got to stop cycling it. You have to get a shot on goal. Uh, it, it was like they were just playing possession just to keep it away. Uh, you can't play keep away. Goals don't goals don't get scored when you're cycling the puck behind the Bruins net. At some point, something's got to get to the net. Uh, so if you can turn that cycle into quality scoring chances, now, now the offense is humming. But uh, I felt like, especially in the first half of the game, the Panthers had a lot of possession time. They had a lot of cycle chances and, and and it was almost like they just wanted to play it safe and just keep cycling the puck. And you can't really win that way. Um, which again, that's a, that's a really easy thing to correct. It's not something that, that can't be fixed at some point. It's just, which guy is going to be the one to step up and make a play. Someone's going to have to do it. Um, but yes, when it comes to shot volume, we have, we know all too well that a high number of shots does not equal a high number of quality scoring chances. There's only two ways that this, that, that you can get this done. Either if you're going to have a low shot total, the quality has to be through the roof. And if you're going to have a high shot total, you have to have traffic. You cannot win the game shooting 45 shots, but having no traffic, no rebounds. The only way to win with that high shot volume is to get a lot of traffic. Uh, Get get in the dirty areas, deflect a puck. That's how you that's how you win games when you shoot a lot of, when you play that throw everything at the net uh cliche uh offense. We've seen what happens when the Panthers don't do that. With the entire Bob Bugner tenure was was out shooting every team sometimes by 15, 20, 25 shots a game, but you'd lose because it was all easy for a goalie to see. And we have this running joke in, in Panthers uh, fandom on Twitter, everyone is like well, you know, which, which uh, sub, subpar below average goalie is going to look like like prime Dominic Hasek tonight because we're going to throw 40 shots on net, but none of them are going to be dangerous. Linus Olmark is a guy who is going to eat those up, and we saw it happen last year with Andre Vasilevsky in the second round. We peppered shots at him all series long, but none of them really challenged him because a lot of them were uh, right right to the chest, no traffic, no rebounds, no deflections. You can't you can't win without getting those uh, those type of goals. So if we're gonna have high shot volume, it's got to be high traffic. It's got to be high deflection rate. It has to be really challenging. You have to create uh, a challenging environment uh, for your goalie. So I, I'm not I'm not really too into the whole shot volume thing. I, I'm more interested in how can we make this difficult. Uh, how can we how can we mess up uh, the the sight lines or change the change the angles, deflect some pucks. Uh, annoy the goalie, get in his crease, bother him. Uh, we have the, we have the guys on the team that can do that. Uh, I just want to see them actually do it because it, it's really what got them into the playoffs. The, the past ten games or so uh, leading into the playoffs, they've done that better than anybody in the league. Uh, just just gotta irritate them. It, it's, it's really no no secret no secret sauce. It's not anything complicated. It's just how willing are you to do it? It's not a, it's not a fun way to make a living, but how willing are you to do it?
0: Yeah, and and we'll see if the if the Florida Panthers are 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 gonna uh, make make those adjustments by getting to the net, and of course, what we spoke about earlier with Barkoff and and in his uh, speed, uh, get getting getting more toward towards the middle. But we're gonna transition over to segment number three, where we're gonna discuss more about what's been going on in, in the world of the Stanley Cup playoffs through two days, and everyone at least playing. One game through. We're going to discuss that next here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, an April nineteenth edition of the show. I got Jacob Winans here, and Jacob, what what a what a day one in in the in the Stanley Cup playoffs. We were talking about Anze Kopitar earlier, and then uh, the Los Angeles Kings getting the getting the. Game, game winning goal in, in in overtime that was by um and, and then the Minnesota Wild versus uh versus uh Dallas Stars uh game where Philip Gustafson and Jake Ottinger were just putting on a show. That was a great goaltending show, a lot of shots and and with the and the Minnesota Wild coming out with a, a win Ryan Hartman uh into in double overtime for that one. But then let's talk about the the day two of the of the stanley cup playoffs as well the rangers going into new jersey just right across the hudson winning 5-1 their power play clicking chris cryder let me tell me if you've heard this before chris Kreider p- power play goal <laughs> and um Ter- Ter- vladimir tarasenko is scoring early for the for the new york rangers as well of course deadline acquisition to help him make a run and if you're a Florida Panthers fan, you don't feel as bad about your power play going into uh, into game one because the the New Jersey Devils had four power play opportunities and didn't register a single shot on goal. The New York Rangers had three of them on, on the night. Uh, so they were overwhelming uh, on, on the special teams department. Of course, the big one, of course, that we Florida Panther fans pay attention to because the Tampa Bay Lightning do live rent free in our heads. Of course, through straight uh, Stanley Cup final appearances. They blitz on the, on the Toronto Maple Leafs in game one, Corey Perry was incredible creating two turnovers in the Maple Leafs zone that resulted in goals by, uh, by uh, one of them by Belmar. And also Corey Perry getting goal of his own, Braden point score um, getting uh, two on the night. Uh, And the, also, the injuries that happened with with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Eric Turnak goes um goes out because of a of a five minute major on Michael Bunting, and then Victor Hedman as well for 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 the Tampa Bay Lightning. He exits after after the first period, and but also uh, a Char- Charlotte Checkers update. They lose four to three to the um, Lehigh uh, Valley Phantoms. Uh, Lucas Carlson gets on the board. He he on the first goal of the game. The Charlotte Checkers give up four four unanswered, and then they make a late comeback by scoring two in a matter of thirty eight seconds. Riley Nash and S- Sentu Kinunen uh, on the night, and Matt Gusa was pulled for JF Berube, and then JF Berube didn't give up a goal after that. But Maki Semskovich had a uh, had a opportunity late in the game, skating through three defenders, and then missed on the on the on a game tying goal opportunity with less than two, and then Gregory Denisenko had a chance to for a penalty shot but then the referee changed his mind on on not not calling a penalty shot and jordy kinnear was livid on on the on the checkers bench and but the checkers end up losing and now game two is an elimination game for the charlotte checkers jacob i want you to give your thoughts on the the first two
1: days of the stanley cup playoffs yeah this is the best time of year and we're uh, we're fortunate to be a part of it um preparing for game two now uh, it, for long stretches of this year, it did not look like we would be, uh, still having games to talk about this time of April, but, uh, we're here and, and it's exciting to watch because we, it actually means something to us, which has not always been the case. Um, the one that I was really interested in, or the two that I was really interested in are, are Rangers and Devils because the Devils uh, are such a red flag to me as a playoff team. Uh, they did some amazing things in the regular season, but they just remind me so much of the Panthers of two years ago. Um, mm. Not even the Panthers of last year, the Panthers of two years ago, uh, where the offense was humming. They came into the playoffs red hot, had beaten Tampa a couple times in the season. And were are thinking, you know, we're, we're about to set the league on fire. We're the young team. We're, we're coming in here. We're going to dominate. And then you get punched in the mouth. Uh, and and the, the Devils, their power play was just abysmal. Uh, I, I don't think they're built for playoff success right now. I think they're a team that's that's taking those lumps, and the Rangers are the great team to, to teach them that lesson. And for Devils fans, it's nothing to be ashamed of; it's nothing to be upset about. And uh, I don't think this is going to be a, a series where they get blown out or anything. They're going to con- they're going to compete. It's going to be a good series. Um, but this is this is what you what you these are the lessons you learn in the playoffs, and the the Devils got their first one tonight. Uh, very good team, though. Very talented, very skilled. Uh, it just very might young. not be there very young uh, they're going to be a problem in the east for a long time. Uh, the Rangers are a veteran-laden team they, they've been there they were there made a deep run last year and they're they're back for blood this this season so they look really good. Um, Tampa and Toronto it, it's always interesting those two teams We it's almost like if Toronto's in the playoffs in the first round you know the game the series is going seven games uh no doubt about it this series, this is going to be a seven game series. Um Tampa, it's their depth is being tested. Uh they are not as deep as they used to be. The salary cap comes for everybody. And uh it's it's their year uh where the salary cap's starting to take a bite and now they've lost a couple of key players. So it'll be interesting to see if Michael Bunting gets any supplemental discipline, especially since Eric Chernak uh is is now out, presumably with a head injury. Um yeah just no reason for that he had hunted him on that yeah just absolutely no reason for it and if Chernak is going to miss time I fully expect bunting to miss time there's no chance he'll be playing game two in my opinion uh could maybe see a two I don't think they'll go any longer than two games but uh one or two game suspension without a doubt for bunting which is going to really hurt uh Toronto um they're they're in dangerous waters again this is this is Toronto Maple Leafs hockey um whether, whether Turnak or Hedman play, uh, Tampa's a team that knows how to win games. Vasilevsky can steal you one. And they've got some veterans like Corey Perry, who are so annoying to play against. I mean, my God, we, (laughs) he's been doing it forever. And it's just so annoying to watch him continue to succeed in the NHL, but you have to respect it. Uh, That's a team that, that they look like they're trending downward. And then all of a sudden they come out and stomp you in the playoffs. So it's, uh, that's going to be a really fun series. I think it's going seven games, and, and when it gets to seven game series against Toronto, uh, advantage anyone else. Uh, <laughs> so no doubt. So, no. so yeah, there's there's that. And and real quick on the checkers, super heartbreaking loss for them today. Uh, really happy to see our young guys contributing, but I almost feel I just feel terrible for them because Alex Lyons should be the guy right now in Charlotte, winning them and these no doubt be. games. Yeah, I know Zach Dalpy the captain, so it it sucks for them that the Panthers had to poach some of their talent, but uh happy for the young guys and and hopefully they keep their season alive tomorrow cuz uh for game 2 uh, I uh, uh Thursday, not not thir- tomorrow, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, hopefully they keep their season alive Thursday cuz uh I I really do enjoy watching some of our young prospects continue to play hockey this season. This this is crucial for their development.
0: I want to see a little bit more of Mackie Uh Justin sort of returned to the lineup for the first time in over a month as as well. So he was back there. And, of course, it's a little bit of a tough task, him coming from injury as well, and then and then Dalpy not being there. So before let, before we wrap up here, since Dalpy is with the Florida Panthers right now, is there a chance that we see him on that fourth line in Game 2? Because I think, I think there is a chance, especially with uh, a little bit of a careless penalty that Giovanni Smith uh, had that led to the David Poster goal.
1: I would not be surprised uh, for a couple of reasons. One, and none of them are actually the penalty. Um, one reason I think Zach Dalpy brings an element of speed to that fourth line that they're really missing right now. And I think he, I think he can really uh, help out on the penalty kill as well. Um, so I, I, think, I think putting Zach Dalpy, um, yeah, fourth line, right wing, I could really see that. I, and another thing, uh, that fourth line right now, um, Colin White is the main guy taking faceoffs. offs um, Not necessarily the, the strongest uh, guy in the faceoff circle, but uh, he's, he's really kind of pigeonholed into that role right now. Zach Delpy can take some of that pressure off, and Giovanni Smith really can't. Uh, that's, not his, that's not his game. So uh, I think it, it adds an element of speed and then balance. Uh, you have Colin White slash Zach Delpy at center, Whichever one of them is not at center is at right wing. And then at left wing, you have Nick Cousins. At least everyone is playing on their strong side because right now, Giovanni Smith is playing right wing as a lefty. So, a couple minor tweaks there. That fourth line hasn't been great lately. I think Zach Dalby could give them a little boost of energy, a little boost of experience. Uh, He's an older guy, he's been around, uh, and and he had a couple uh, really big goals and, and a couple of really solid games this year in the lineup. So, no, no knock on Giovanni Smith. Maybe just not the best matchup for him in this series. Uh, Zach Dalby might, might be skating fourth line, right wing or center uh, come game two.
0: Yeah. So we'll, we'll see if the, if those changes actually do come to fruition when game two does uh, come about. Uh, once again, uh, the Florida Panthers, Boston Bruins, 730 on ESPN, or if you're in the region of South Florida, Valley Sports Florida is the place to, to watch and, 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 Hopefully the Florida Panthers can find a way to tie this series before returning to FLA Live Arena on, on Friday night. But Jacob, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Tell everybody where they can
1: find you online. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at JacobWinans8. I'll definitely be super active the rest of the series and uh, however long the Panthers are playing hockey this season all the way through the off offseason. Uh, that's where you can always find me. I appreciate it.
0: Awesome, awesome, Jacob. Thank you so much, and I will see you next Wednesday, my friend. Looking forward
1: to it. Thanks.
0: And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Stuart Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for the everydayers, make sure you come back tomorrow for Thursday's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast where we'll be breaking down game two of this seven-game series between the Florida Panthers and the Boston Bruins. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team. Every day.